With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wake up in the morning. This time I see another day. And the dark won't change the way I feel. This is real. Welcome to the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts. While Dr. Nicola is a psychotherapist and certified life coach, a podcast is a one-way street, so please consider this podcast for inspirational purposes only. If you feel you have mental health needs, please seek a professional therapist so that you might find your own mental wellness. Feel the heat above me and now I know the sun is going to find me no matter but Jake and I've done this a few times where we just share, and I, sometimes that goes over, uh, you know, well, just because people want to get to know you better or know. I mean, like when it comes to movies and stuff, we're you know we share all the time. But I think sometimes, especially um, you know, on a on a podcast like what we do, it's nice for them to know that we are human. I know they know I'm a geeky human and and everything, but therapists are always put in this box, you know, I don't know if you ever feel that way, and you're very personable, and very warm, and caring, and everything, but it's, everybody shies away, it's like, I don't know, she's a doctor, you know, so it's good for everybody to know that you are a real person, you're a mom, husband, and, uh, you know, friend, and all this, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's nice for everybody to know that you're human, and you do come from that point of view, it's not just clinical, cut and dry, black and white, and, and all that, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, have, you have good days and bad days and, and all that too <laughs> <laughs> yes i do yes i do <laughs> but I yeah think... this this will be a very flexible uh episode where we can just kind of share uh whatever you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i think um it's very important to be um open and to be real um, whether you're a therapist or not, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're right, therapists, um, doctors, psychologists, everyone, they go into this little box, professionals do, mm-hmm. uh, so they need to stay in that box. And I think for the most part they do, um, so as if they have any bias or feeling judgmental towards anyone, mm-hmm. they have to be able to make choices that they're not using that, that bias. Um, therapists do have an out to be able to refer someone to someone else if they mm-hmm. feel as though something they, you know, feel on a personal basis interfering with them actually being able to do therapy. At the same time, a lot of times the best therapists are found because they have, you know, people choose this profession for different reasons. So sometimes they've gone through things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they can, you know, they can sympathize with another person and understanding where they're coming from. So especially people who deal with trauma, eating disorders, uh, domestic violence, um, Mm -hmm. anyone where, you know, someone's being mistreated or abused, it's usually coming from a person who's either been through that, have had family members have gone through that, somehow, some way they've suffered and they want to get back to, to the society. So um, sometimes you'll find people who haven't gone through anything or don't want to share anything. Right. Um, 
and, and you know those are the ones you have a very difficult time connecting with because they don't get it right you know um, especially if you're dealing with someone who you know for example have lost a child um, and they're having a difficult time going through that process that grieving process and no one understands um, maybe they lost a child to miscarriage and the child wasn't born so people really don't get that right um, and that's that that therapist or um, psychologist has actually been through something like that or been close to someone who suffered that way they may not get it you know yeah. you may hear a lot of conversations about you know uh, you can have more children tomorrow's right. a new day that's your little angel in heaven and things <laughs> to kind of yeah you know right. the things that make you feel like oh get over it you know right. in the nicest way possible right um, so, I mean, those are reasons why I think it is it is very important to get to know your therapist a little bit. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you've been, ever been to a therapist, you'll see sometimes they tell too much of themselves that you're like, wow, I'm paying them to talk about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. You start feeling like you are the therapy listener, right? <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had um, people say that they felt as if they were, they were the therapist when they had uh, worked with, you know, certain therapists or whatever. They felt like they were doing therapy with that therapist or the therapist was processing with them right. was too much and they went um home you know more feeling more uh, heavy-hearted than they were when they started so wow yeah because yeah. yeah. I, I think sometimes you do have to crack the shell or allow yourself to be broken a bit um right. in order for that healing to take place i can't remember the exact saying but what is it uh healing uh, or what was it healing comes in where the the where the you were pierced i can't remember i'll look it up later but anyway probably tweet it later but i mean it's true i mean you do have to allow the light to come in before any healing can happen and so you know you it's i think uh therapy as well as meditation there's probably a, a, a lot in between but both those things are meant for reflection self-reflection yes. and if so if it's a good therapist or whether it's just good meditation i found that helpful with me in my daily walk and um you know, but I mean, I don't always feel better when I get up from, you know, my seated uh, position on the floor or on the couch, you know, going to see my therapist. I'm like, damn, now I'm really thinking about some stuff, you know, but that's good <laughs> because otherwise it's just that Band-Aid over that gangrenous uh, gaping wound that's never going to heal. You have to rip that off. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Make it sound really, really horrible. Gangrene setting in. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people want to keep it, uh, you know, in the closet. And I was talking to a friend the other day about this, and I know you and I have talked about it too, but it's, you know, the manly men have the toughest time admitting that they have anything wrong with them, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, but especially if it's mental, it's like, oh, you're depressed. You're a big wuss, you know, and no, you're not. But you, you have a right to feel the way you're feeling and you need to get to the bottom of why you feel depressed so that you can overcome it. And then you can help others. You know, it's, um, we need leaders who will admit I suffer with depression or I suffer from this or whatever, but I'm, I'm overcoming it. I'm working on it. I'm seeing a therapist. I'm, you know, uh, as my buddy Mark will say, you know, I mean, like he owns two dental practices and he said, you know, I see my therapist, my wife and I see a therapist and I take the meds that are prescribed by my therapist. And then he doesn't touch. He's a total teetotaler when it comes to alcohol and, and anything like that. So he doesn't even do caffeine. So, I mean, you know, he knows what he needs to continue on to be a positive individual. And, you know, and he also knows when he needs to take a day off or half a day off or leave early or whatever. So, you know, it's those kind of things that I think we all need to be more in touch with ourselves so we can better self-advocate and look after uh, ourselves. Yeah, that's important. Mm -hmm. I think it's important um, 
when you talk about self-advocating, even when if you're seeing someone, you're talking about your problems, whether it's a friend or therapist, doesn't matter. Right. If someone gives you advice or feedback that you know is not going to work for you, mm-hmm. I think it's important if you're close to that person to let them know. And not so much as in the gate where they're saying, you know, to say, well, you know, I tried that and it doesn't work. But to let them know that's that's not that's not an option for me. Right. Like um, going out to have a drink is not an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that maybe in the past you were an alcoholic and you don't need to go out to have a drink. You right. can't fool yourself and say, well, you know, I could do this. Um, and not doing things and putting yourself in harm's way when someone else is in trouble. Like, you know, you don't want to go out and have a drink because you may slip. You want to go out and have a drink because, um, that other person should not be drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't condone drinking. Sometimes when we're trying to, uh, make ourselves feel better or, uh, you know, self soothe and trying to heal, mm-hmm. we'll do those things that are really negative for us. You know, like, we know, we shouldn't drink. Right. Oh, I think I just, this, this requires a drink. I right. know I should drink, but I really need to get drunk right now because right. this is just, whatever it is is too much. So you have to, you like your friend, you know, you have to find healthy ways that work for you, right? Um, and not be pushed either by someone else or even by yourself, you know, and throwing mm-hmm. in a towel and doing something that's not healthy for you. So we, yeah. you know, we have to know what works and what doesn't. Yeah, you know, it's funny when you were saying that. You know, if anyone suggests something that isn't healthy or isn't wise for you, then ignore that advice. And it's funny. My favorite uh, physician of all time. Uh, he just he had this really cool way about him, and he would actually. This is back before the hospitals bought up everything, all the practices, so that you know it's like you have ten minutes to see everybody, or we're not going to make enough money. And this was back in the day where this doctor would come in, and we'd talk about the weather, philosophy, whatever, and then he. It's okay, so you know what what's going on with you. Well, let's check it out. And he would spend twenty minutes in there, you know, thirty minutes if need be. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was so funny. This one day, I was so stressed out. This is probably about a year into me starting my own business, and I was like, "My God, I am not going to survive," you know. And I'm so stressed out. And he looked at me. And he said, "John, you just go on a cruise, go on a two week vacation." I'm like. That would stress me out even more knowing that I had to pay for that too. So some advice is is grand, but it doesn't exactly fit. It's the wrong puzzle piece in your uh, mosaic that's your life. So, <laughs> yeah. I, And, you know, those, those things I title keeping it real. Exactly. You for yourself. Uh, it's just, you know, it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been told that too. Take a couple of weeks off and go on yeah. a cruise. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt it would be fun and therapeutic, but on the other hand, yeah, it's, you know, it's, and two, you know, it's like Mark has, uh, he's one of the dentists at the clinic that he stays at most of the time. And so, you know, if he has to take a day, there's others who can fill that gap, right? And so, you know, he is very fortunate to be able to just say, hey, you know what? My day is, this is not going well at all. I'm really, I need to have a day off and then everybody covers. But, you know, when when you're a therapist doing uh, what you do or when you're a, uh, you know, whatever you want to label me as, uh, entertainer, designer, whatever. But, I mean, my clients expect me to be there when I'm supposed to be there. And I can't just say, ah, I'm going to take the day off. I'll edit your stuff tomorrow. What? We're broadcasting tonight, man. You've got to finish it up. So, yeah, that's total, totally different, uh, you know, thing. On the other hand, I can go eat lunch with Mark with ease and he can't leave the clinic. You know what I mean? So it, it's, you know, it's give and take. It, it, yes. it, it works out in the end as long as you you run it with wisdom. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good advice. Uh, um, you know, self-care and knowing what your limitations are. Setting limitations, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
sometimes we take it to the extreme. I mean, I have, you know, clients, they feel guilty about taking care of themselves or just um, wanting to take a break. Um, most of the people that I work with now are professionals helping others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I see a lot of professionals who get really, really stressed out because they can't take a day off. Um, mm-hmm. They're trying to give, you know, someone else feedback and uh, give them some good advice. And and they're worried or struggling with the same thing or something similar. And they, they're, mm-hmm. they're you know, they can't take their own advice. Um, right. So that's hard for them. Like you said, you know, people would be in therapy going, you know, and the director didn't show up, you know. Why <laughs> <laughs> right. stressed out and then he didn't show up, you know. That's right. He's uh, on a cruise. He's, 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 he's on a cruise for the last two weeks. I'm never going to get anything done. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all work together. We're all interconnected. And I think that that's um, something that people forget sometimes that they are connected to someone else. And the people right. that are warriors, they remember that they're connected to someone else. Um, so it's hard for them to stop and take a break because they know whatever they're doing is going to affect someone else. So I think right. as a, as individuals, if we're going to depend on other people to help us, um, we need to depend on, you know, two, three or four people to help us. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, all your, your cookies in this one jar and then the jar breaks, the cookies are all over the place. <laughs> so, you know, you got you to gotta spread that out. And that allows other people who are helping you because they want to. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to take breaks sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. that's, there's nothing like having your own pressures and then feeling the stress of having a pressure for someone else because you have a sense of obligation because they depend on you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that could be pretty overwhelming. And, you know, too, I think that people miss giving others the opportunity to look after them, you know, and, right. um, there, there was uh, one day, I guess it was last week or the week before, I can't remember. But anyway, I got sick and of course Michelle was at work. And so I asked Emily to pick up some Gatorade and, um, it just, it brought her great joy to be able to do something for me. And so, you know, and same thing with friends who just want to do something nice for you. And, uh, sometimes, you know, if we have that mindset where it's like, Oh no, I don't need anybody or I can do this on my own. And you get so stubborn and you miss out on those symbiotic, uh, you know, moments in the relationship where, you know, it, 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 the, the water can flow both ways. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really awesome. A lot of people don't let other people do things for them and they don't realize that those things sometimes bring other people joy. Yeah. And that's all about communicating. You know, you have other people, it's all about communicating. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. that's good. Those are health relationships. Yeah. And, you know, I think another, um, if someone can actually see which side they're on, going back to, you know, the people who just, you know, work all the time. And, you know, there's working your eight hours and being done as much as you can or whatever and taking stock in that. And then there are those who are performers who do the work for the applause, you know. And I think that drives so many people just uh, to, uh, just it grinds them down. It it spreads them out way too thin because they want to please everybody so that they hear the thank yous and the applause and all that, whether it's entertainment or whether it's just, you know, um, I'm going to make another batch of cookies today for so-and-so so they have a better day. You know, don't forget to look after you and, and don't forget to applaud yourself at a job well done, you know? Yeah. And to know when to stop, you got to know, because people yeah. get like what you said, um, what I call starstruck. Um, yeah. And they like that, you know, uh, mostly extroverts, and they feed off of other people, giving them praise. And they're doing a great job. They really are. Yeah. Um, But not everyone is always going to give them praise. And if that's what you're giving off of, 
going to fall hard and quick because, you know, when it's over, when it's, o- it's over, when it's over, when so people are going to, you know, forget about that. People will lay you down, you know, yeah. so you have to be able to, um, you know, if you're a workaholic, you need to know when to take a break because right. uh, people will take advantage of you and you'll be, you know, stressed out and overwhelmed mm-hmm. and, um, you know, if you're you're always, you know, even in, in politics, you know, you have politicians who uh, get starstruck just like anyone else, and they're uh, happy. People are supporting them and voting for them, and then not knowing when to say stop. That's yeah. enough. Um, they're not taking care of themselves. Um, they're taking care of everyone else, keeping everyone else happy. And then when it's over, it's over. There's not going to be anyone to the pieces to care for that person. Right. So. Um, you know, I don't know. It reminds me of this, you know, obviously this politician who won't let go. You're a great guy. You did a great thing. You got to let it go now. It's over. Right. Um, and it's it's hard for people in life to do that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, people do it when, you know, when loved ones pass. Um, they do it when you're going through a divorce. Um, you know, they're so dependent on their happiness associated with that other person mm-hmm. that they cannot let go to their own detriment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I so, think you, you have to know who you are so that your identity yes. can be true to you versus, yes. you know, if you identify yourself too much as uh, dad or mom or sister, brother, whatever. And then what happens when that job is kind of up? I mean, like we will always be the parents to our kids, but at some point um, it's my hope that they will have great jobs and great families and, and still keep in touch and come by on holidays. And, you know, cause I mean, we will miss them, but on the other hand, for them to be completely independent and happy and have their own lives, that should be the parent's goal. But there's parents that are like, Oh no, I have to stay in control. I have to retard this growth or whatever, because I can't just let them go, you know, because that's their identity. Or like you said, with the whole divorce thing where, you know, but we had such good times. Well, you'll you'll have more good times, you know. And but uh, yeah, it's it, it gets complicated when you're when you lose your identity, mm-hmm. you everything goes gray, and then you start. Wow, I mean, I don't know how to operate in this new world. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, and that's mm-hmm. why it's important to have your own identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I know all, it will always be partially tied to whoever you're married to or your mm-hmm. children your job, your career, everything will always be tied to someone else, the things that you care about. Mm-hmm. But you do have to have your own identity because there will come a time those things may not exist in the world that you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to learn how to exist without them. And it's, you know, it, it is difficult. Um, I couldn't imagine my life right now without all the things that I have, you know, my right. husband, my children, and not things, but the people that I have in my right. life. But, um, you know, they grow up, they, they go and people die and things happen and you have to be able to know who you are mm-hmm. uh, so that you can move on. Otherwise you'll fall down to your knees and you won't be able to get back up. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I wonder in, in that, um, with the mindset of self-exploration, who am I, you know, um, I wonder if there isn't a book or a website, maybe we can both be on the lookout for it that would help people find a hobby just to find out a little bit more about themselves. I know they used to say that, you know, if you go out and play golf with somebody, you really find out who that person is. And <laughs> I found it to be true, not just with me, but with the person, the people I've played with, you know, and, oh, wow. um, 
you know, because you're, you're kind of out there and you get frustrated, you slice right or left or, you know, miss that uh, hole in, you know, eight or whatever your your score is. You know what I mean? And um, and so, you know, I wonder if hobbies, I mean, because to me, hobbies are therapeutic, but not everyone has one. And mm-hmm. some people don't know how to find them because I've talked to some people and there's like, I don't have any hobbies. I'm not interested in anything. I, I I don't know how to, you know, find anything, but you know, it's, I think that's good therapy, but I have no idea how to get anyone started on anything, you know? Okay. I think, um, like for me, um, I have a new hobby. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. Um, but it's gardening. Nice. Um, and so I, you know, I have a, uh, I've joined a couple groups, you know, the Facebook groups about, uh, gardening and, uh, I have a greenhouse, and so I can wow. you know, spend my gardening time year-round. I'm right. so excited. <laughs> I can grow my own food, and it's an organic garden. Right. Um, well, one thing I think that is important to do, something that I did in finding that particular hobby, was thinking about things that I liked as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, things that you would think, well, you know, you're an adult now. You don't have time for this. You don't have time for that. But um, – I was with my grandmother when I was young for um, much of my very young life, and she passed, but she liked healthy fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as a child, I really liked planting. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought about, uh, the things that I liked doing that. And mm-hmm. I think one way is to make people can look, you know, at their past. They can look at things they did when they were a child and, you know, maybe find some pleasure in those things that they never thought about. They were just things that they did. Maybe with someone else that they loved or cared about, or just things they did for fun. Right. Uh, people, they, you know, if you used to draw as a child, if you used to write poetry as a child, um, if you used to sing as a child, I can't tell you how many singers I've seen <laughs> come out over yeah. forty, thinking, "Wow, I forgot that I could sing." And so I think maybe getting in touch with your your past or your childhood mm-hmm. when you were, you know, happy times. Think about some hobbies there. Um, I also think it's a you know a good idea to maybe think about. You know, other things you see people do, you find that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think you never have time to do it. But, you know, maybe just kind of take a look at it and see. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know other people. Like I have a friend. She's a, um, a holistic therapist. And everything is um, holistic with her. Everything is organic with her. Very, mm-hmm. very healthy eater. Um, and I love everything that she does. And that's how I made my garden. The things that I like be more organic. Um mm-hmm. Um, because I know that's a part of her life that's actually pretty neat. So, I mean, those are just, you know, a couple ways you can actually look and find some hobbies for yourself. Um, things that make you happy or, com- or comfortable. They don't take a whole lot away from your life, but there are times that you can spend that's productive to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. So, um we were kind of discussing yesterday what we might talk about today. And Mm -hmm. this isn't meant to be like an evangelical outreach, but you and I are both people of faith and we've discussed, I mean, it's peppered our podcast before as far as that, you know, that really enables us to carry on through the tough times in particular. And uh, we're not judging anyone who believes differently or whatever. And peppered into my Christian beliefs are Buddhist philosophies, which I feel um, uphold those, uh, you know, those, th- that mindset. And, um, but anyway, so do you want to discuss that a little bit? Um, well, in the sense of, um, people, everyone believes in something different. Um, yeah. and I always said, you know, you got to seek to the, 
the higher power. It helps when you're really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you don't have therapy, it helps when you're really overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, I've lived in a, a, a couple of different countries where um, the religions that they practiced was what I practiced at that time because mm-hmm. that was initially the right thing to do, but it was not just a religion like you have in the United States. It was a way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you find yourself practicing faith because it's it's a way of life um like living in um japan um you know you have some uh buddhists there uh some christians there uh some catholics there although i would would say being a catholic their their way of worshiping what they believe is um um much deeper than what we have in the united states in the united states i think it's um watered down from my experience what i've seen right um the nation of Islam, uh, living in Saudi Arabia, um, certain way you have to dress, certain way you have to carry yourself as a woman, mm-hmm. uh, certain you know respects that you have to give uh, to the culture, um, to the faith, um, to leaders of the country, to uh, men in the family. Um, but I found that it all intertwined with being good to other people, treating mm-hmm. other people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Living in a, in a way that if you were to die today, it would be okay. Like, you clearly don't want to die. But, you know, <laughs> right. if you went to heaven, you didn't have to say, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to repent. Right. You don't have to do that. You know, you can you can die knowing that you lived your life um, the right way. I had a gentleman say to me today, I sleep well at night. Um, and that's because the way he treats other people mm-hmm. you know, and his own uh, faith and his own ethics. Um, so I think that people tapping into um, some type of faith, some type of inner faith, um, recognizing that they didn't just appear on this earth, um, which means if someone made you, someone's watching over you, guiding you and protecting you. Um, and that, you know, things don't just arbitrarily happen. They happen for a reason, mm-hmm. a greater plan. Um, you don't necessarily have to believe that, but you do have to believe that you did not just appear here on earth. You didn't just, I'm just here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I think those kind of things keep you emotionally strong. Um, they're part of your identity. Um, you know, sometimes in class, in psychology classes, we do exercises of saying who you are and people name all of these things, um, which are more like things that they do, not who they are. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I, you know, I sew and I knit and I swim and I, you know, and I'm good at those things. But who are you, you know, without those things? Like when you're too old to even remember to know how to do those things. Right. Who are you? Um, and so from that, you'll get, you know, there are Christians or there, um, you know, they're, they're in their they're in their faith and they're they're higher than than what's here on Earth. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's that's my take on uh, true self-reflection is thinking about really on the inside. We tear all the other layers away. Mm-hmm. Uh, tapping in that one thing that really keeps you going no matter what. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, I, I'm, I'm a big gratitude person. I'm grateful for what I have, who I am, and everyone around me. And um, that was not always there for me. And I think with that, looking around with gratitude, that and looking in, in awe and wonder at everything that's around you, and so much beauty, um, you know... That, um, and I lost track of my thought there, but anyway, but just that, um, 
I don't know. I mean, like if everyone would honor everyone else, then mm-hmm. there would be no war. There would be no, uh, we probably wouldn't need politics anymore. We'd have little clans or whatever, you know, little groups, tribes, whatever you want to, uh, you know, know it as. And then everybody's doing their own thing and everybody's working together for the, the good of the group. And, um, you know, versus just the selfish nature of man, which seems to be the default of too many. And, um, but yeah, it was uh, the Buddhist philosophies in particular that really enabled me to let go of a lot of the, um, you know, the control that I wanted to have over my life, which is pretty futile <laughs> in lots of respects. Um, control over the things that I owned, um, you know, and and just I don't know, it 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 kind of released all that clutter from my mind. You know, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, what's what's happened to that thing that I let so-and-so borrow? Ah, you know, it's it just, you know, it takes a lot of that kind of pointless worry out of the mix. And two, it taught, and this is, this sounds crazy, but I guess I was raised to fear not doing right because God would kick my ass. Now that's not always, that's not always the way it was termed, needless to say, but I mean, just bare bones, I, that's, I was just like, I've got to do right. Oh my gosh, I messed up. Ah, you know? And, um, so once I started reading Buddhist philosophies and letting a lot of that stuff go, um, it it just kind of dawned on me, uh, doing right is the better way and Mm -hmm. do it because it is the better way. Not that you fear anything. Don't have the negative connotation there. Um, it's just the better way. Be kind to people. And so anyway, those are the, the two biggest things, I guess, you know, for me. Um, that kind of ushered in a new way of thinking and a new way of looking and appreciating people for who they are and not necessarily what they can do for you. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, and I've, I've, I guess I've been through a lot of things where I would say, aha, that's my aha moment. Um, uh, right. Yeah, but definitely living in Saudi Arabia, I recall people saying, you know, you're a psychologist and you're so strong as a woman. I cannot imagine you going over there and having everything be repressed. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, you know, um, right now this is the right thing for us to do for our family. So mm-hmm. this is what we do. Um, but my experience was, um, I don't have a negative experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very uh, freeing. Um, I mean, yes, I had to cover and I had to wear my, uh, my abaya and my hijab. and um, But... It taught me a lot. You had to really know who you were mm-hmm. to become from head to toe and to walk and be silent in your step. You had to really know who you were. And if mm-hmm. you didn't know who you were, you were going to find who you were. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of inner meditation there. There's a lot of, um, you can't walk around angry because your body's going to show as an American, <laughs> but it's definitely going to show attitude and temperament that you cannot have mm-hmm. um, because it's insulting um, and not just to men, to everyone, mm-hmm. to the other um, women that are there that believe in their faith and their in their culture. You just have to do it. And you learn to respect people who prayed several times a day to yeah. the point, why, what are you going to do while they're praying? Well, you know what you learn how to do? You learn how to pray. Yeah. I learned how to pray throughout the day. Uh, when people say, you know, say a prayer for me tonight. Well, I, I can pray for you right now. Right. <laughs> I don't have to wait. Like right. I, when I tell people I will pray for you, you can best believe it. I think three years ago, if I said, oh, yeah, of course, I will pray for you. 
And I, you know, a week later, I'm saying my prayers and saying, Lord, forgive me for I forgot to pray for a certain such person. Mm -hmm. But because I pray all the time and throughout the day and I respect that time for myself, um, if I say I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to. And probably within the next five or ten minutes, uh, (laughs) because that's that's what's going to happen. That is how I feel my time. So then I'm always filled with that 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 spirit of, you know, like you're saying, you know, being being grateful of what you have Mm -hmm. and who you are, what you have to give to the world, and what the world has to give to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's uh, you learn a great deal of respect for other people, um, for their faith and their beliefs. Um, it does give you a very different viewpoint, and it makes you look at things a lot differently. Like you know, I didn't have any of you know our furniture and our stuff. We just you know it was over there in mm-hmm. uh, British housing and whatever furniture they gave, they gave. I mean, when they said you know you need a bed and a sofa and a chair. And that's what you need. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> not much more than that, you know. So mm-hmm. but it was extremely, um, it, it is extremely comfortable. And um, I got to do a lot of, just a lot of wonderful things. And I'm not talking about going out to this place, that place. Um, a lot of quality time with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of quality time with my son and, and with other families as well. And just really um, digging deep. So I wish that in the United States, people had that opportunity to take for themselves mm-hmm. and feel guilty about it. No one's going to make you feel guilty um, for prayer um, or, you know, taking time away to be able to uh, get in touch with yourself or mm-hmm. caring for other people. Um, there's no stigmas. Um, so it's, you know, learning to appreciate it. I think we have to step outside of ourselves sometimes and learn to appreciate what we really have and mm-hmm. not to hold on to things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things. I remember asking a story, um, seeing about what you said earlier when you were talking about, you know, there would be no need for politics and we would have tribes. Um, but I remember asking, being very angry when I was learning about African-American heritage, I was learning about Native American heritage as a little girl. And I remember asking, mm-hmm. like, I just don't understand why the Native Americans gave the land away. Land is so important. It's such a big thing. She said, because it didn't mean anything to them. To them, no one could own land. What do you mean you want the land? Sure, you can have it. I don't care. We don't own it. You don't own it. No one owns it. Right. Um, And so to be that free in in your heart to know that this belongs to God. This belongs to much higher than me. I didn't grow. I didn't put this land here. I can't own this land. I mean, it's a very open-minded concept, you Mm -hmm. know, we can get back to some of some of those thoughts and feelings of, you know, we're just going to respect other people. I'm not going to tell you you can't come here. You're a human being just like me. Of course you could come here. Mm-hmm. I'm not in control of this. I didn't do any of this. I don't make the sun shine. I don't make the grass grow. <laughs> right. You can have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, we, that's, that's something we have to get back to caring and mm-hmm. uh, of other people and you know, not, own, not trying to own things that really don't belong to us. Right. Well, and two, to change, like you were saying that, you know, people were questioning you when you went over to Saudi Arabia and saying, well, but you're such a strong woman. Why would you want to go over there and be subservient to, you know, the, and, but I think people also need to step back and take a good look at themselves and redefine what strength is Mm -hmm. because some of the strongest women I know are the ones who are single moms 
who hold mm-hmm. three different jobs just to make ends meet. And they mm-hmm. don't live in style. They don't have that much for themselves. Their kids are clothed well, uh, you know, I mean, not extravagantly, but I mean, they really, they, they look after their kids and they make sure that they are fed. But I mean, they don't, uh, you know, they're at every one of their jobs, they are not leaders per se. They take orders from other people, whether it's wait staff or, I mean, waiting on tables or whether it's, you know, a boss that uh, probably doesn't appreciate them, but it takes strength to en- endure and keep on going. And you have to look at where your joy comes from, you know, yep. uh, and because you, you can't say, well, I'm not successful because I don't have a million dollars in the bank. I'm not successful because I, I don't do X, Y, Z. Um, because they're successful because they provide for their kids and their kids appreciate them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it, it does. It leans to how do you define success and how you define that <laughs> it is. Right. How do you, how do you define yourself? How do you look at yourself? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we sometimes very often get caught up into, you know, what other people's thoughts and beliefs and, uh, somehow we allow that to be imposed on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not, we're just, we just don't know who we are. We're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And and I think we will always, to some degree, be trying to figure that out. You know, as we evolve, um, you know, with every passing moment, every passing experience, we're evolving and trying to rediscover who we are. And just like you were saying, you know, going back to um, thinking about what you enjoyed doing as a kid. And one of my favorite hobbies, and it is perfectly pointless to anybody else except for those geeks like me but um it's to get these um prop guns or prop whatever's uh you know whether it's a character from a tv show or whatever or but my favorite are sci-fi pistols and um i will paint them up to match the way they looked in the movie and i get great satisfaction and then i i hang it on my wall and then anyone who's a geek like me will come into my office and go wow man where did you get star lord's pistol or where'd you get uh deckard's gun from blade runner and you know i i assembled it and painted it and tried to you know do uh you know give honor to those people who created their original ones you know it's really cool so but uh but i mean i grew up making models i grew up reading comic books i still enjoy reading um so yeah you have to try to remember because the tough times will grind you down to the point where at least for me i didn't care about anything hey you want to go to the movies nope want to go out and eat your favorite meal nope I don't care about any of those things, you know, and, um, and you, so, and then you have to go through the process of going, wow, what exactly did make me happy in the past? Because this, this big chunk of time is gone because it was attached to someone else. And, uh, you have to kind of, you know, be a time traveler of, of, of your own spirit and mind and find yourself, go back and, and try to find out those pleasurable moments and, um, and see if it still sticks, see if you still have fun and you know what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if you really believe in a higher power and whatever you're thinking about, that could be your new hobby um, that you did when you were a child with someone who's no longer there. Mm-hmm. If you really believe in a higher power, I think that would be something very freeing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's painful when people pass on, but uh, every memory of my grandmother is a very pleasant one. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm, you know, doing my gardening, and sometimes I check on my garden four or five times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I, you know, I can talk to her through, through that, seeing that, that plant growth and say, you know, you, I know you're very proud. Um, and look, you used to grow this. Like, I never thought I would grow collard greens. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I am because she liked them. So, right. yeah. uh, you know, it's just one of those things. But, yeah, it just um, it's um, very relaxing, very freeing, and very hopeful for your future if mm-hmm. you can tap into something that really, truly makes you happy mm-hmm. and, and recognize that that's part of who you are. Um, stop self-identifying with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trying to live in in their shoes because grass is not green on the other side. You know, people right. always grass is green. No, it's not. It's not greener. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we talked about this before too. You know, people making their lives on Facebook look so wonderful. Uh, <laughs> you, know, and, you know, they're they're so stressed out. I mean, sometimes I, I write on Facebook it could be a lot for this week and the next week nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, because we don't want to put bad things on Facebook or negative things on Facebook. Right. Um, I think for a while we're saying, oh, such such person died today. And then three days later, such such person died today. And it's like, okay, no more writing on Facebook. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's on there and it stays there. So every time you go, look what's in your feed and this person right. coming. So it keeps, it keeps coming back up. <laughs> so people don't put negative things on there because it'll keep coming back to you. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you got you have to deal with those things. You have to work through those things so they're not broadcasting and people, you know, have them to put in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to work through them the best way you can. Definitely. The um, You were talking about remembering some, you know, having fond memories of your grandmother. And um, there is a woman who I've, uh, uh, she was uh, Kate's teacher for a couple of years. And it just happened that as Kate would go up, then she would, um, you know, be moved up uh, to the next grade. So um, she has written a book and she lost both her parents within, and she's um, a little older than I am, but she lost both her parents, I think within a month. I mean, like it was really just, you know, and one had Alzheimer's. I really can't remember the whole story, but she'll, uh, if she'll be on the show, then she can fill you in. But um, anyway, it was just traumatic, and it was such a dark period. And then she started remembering all the good times. So instead mm-hmm. of just keeping a journal, she decided she was going to write a children's book about traditions. And so it's actually on sale on Amazon. And I thought, what a cool idea. Here is therapy that you can share with other people and hopefully inspire them to you know, let some of the, the bad times go and remember the good times and live a, live a happier life, le- less... Um, less chains and, and anchors and that kind of thing. So um, she said that she didn't know what a podcast was and she didn't, <laughs> she didn't really understand social networking or media, but she said that she would like to talk further about it. So hopefully in the coming weeks we'll have her on the show, but I just thought maybe that would be an encouragement to our listeners to, um, you know, be able to, you know, see how somebody dealt with their grief and turned it into something very positive. Yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Another thought that I had earlier when you were talking about, um, you know, being being happier uh, with where you are and who you are. Um, and this kind of goes with the second theme where I said, you know, how do you turn your default towards a positive versus a negative? Because a lot of people will have good moments, you know, like, hey, you just uh, won a free dinner at Denny's or whatever. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah. And then they go and eat it and they come back home and they're like, my life sucks. And so, you know, how do you start turning your, your default position into at least zero, if not positive? And it doesn't mean that you have to run around with a smile on your face and be happy all the time because I've, I have a friend like that and she's very genuine, but a lot of people think she's on drugs and she's not, you know what I mean? But yet she's always just dancing around and everything. But 
Um, you don't necessarily have to be like that, but on the other hand, just to just to stay in a positive flow, so that it's not such a radical, um, you know, up and down from being happy to being just, you know, rah. and uh, one of the big things that I've had to learn to do, um, you know, which I guess it's always kind of been a, a little bit of my personality, but once I could truly identify this, I kind of, you know, I I try to be mindful of this, and is don't wish for what others have. And mm-hmm. that goes from the physical things, car, house, uh, whatever, to kids, mm-hmm. to relationships, you know, like, oh, I want a best friend just like you have and so-and-so. No, you don't, because we were more or less, I, I believe there's some people that come through your life and others people, others will come into your life and stay there mm-hmm. for the long term. And they're there for a purpose. And it's to, you know, um, to be there as support and then you're there to support them. But it's a, in a very unique way, just like no key. I mean, like, hopefully uh, your key to your house is unique and not everybody else can get into your house, you know. But it's, you know, same thing with me and Michelle. As much alike as we are, we're radically different in different ways. But we, we balance each other well. And, um, you know, and our points of view can be different. I think I'm a, a lot uh, more uh, of a skeptic than she is. She's a lot more of a positive thinker. Uh, but, you know, it it gets me to looking at things from different eyes instead of it just being, you know, oh, I'm frustrated with this. Well, for looking from my standpoint, that's really not a bad thing. Now you can move on. I'm like, you know, okay, I get you. You know, so it's good, but but that relationship wouldn't work with anybody else. And I, I think that's the thing that people, um, you know, they, they want something without really knowing the core of what they want. And if they would just be open to friendship, open to romance, I think that's a lot better than setting these, you know, I think you do need to have a list if you're, especially if you're going, you know, like hunting mm-hmm. for your second spouse, you do need a list of things like, well, <laughs> I don't want someone who does this and I, I want to be sure that they're supportive or whatever. You know, you can have your short list, but defining this uh, character almost like you do in video games. I know your kid plays video games, um, but it's like, you know, some of these video games, you can design your own person, whether it's a some sort of, um, you know, mystical creature or whatever, or whether it's a, a human that you mm-hmm. design to look more like you. And so, you know, you, you shouldn't be so like, I want Wonder Woman. She must be six feet, five inches tall, and she's an Amazon. Well, dude, wait a minute. That, that's not going to work, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So you have to be realistic, but but you, you do have to be open for the person that is meant for you. If that mm-hmm. and, and I know you have to have some sort of uh, faith that there is some greater design, that there is an orchestration to the chaos, but I don't think I would have found Michelle in, if I hadn't said, you know what, romance is stupid. I quit. I will just, you know, <laughs> Vanelle and I will just continue going to the movies together and doing on trips and stuff like that. And I just won't have the romance side of things. You know what I mean? And uh, But I'll still get out and see the sunsets and whatever. And then, bam, here comes Michelle. But I, I think until I let go of all my preconceptions of what she should be, you know, mm-hmm. then I, I was just sunk. I was setting myself up for disappointment. And I think people do that with friends, too, because we're all human. We're all going to say the wrong thing eventually, um, you know, w- without even meaning to or we may do the wrong thing or whatever, um, you know, but it, it takes a special bond to keep those friends together through thick and thin. Right. Yeah, it's um, I think it, it it's something that you have to do for yourself in order to find the right um, 
partner, but mm-hmm. I know often I'll ask my son, well, what do you want for lunch? And he'll say, oh, I'll have a turkey sandwich with Swiss cheese mm-hmm. and round the edges of the cheese. Mm-hmm. And if you toast it, it's good. But if you don't toast the bread, then cut the ends off. <laughs> Give me a piece of lettuce on the side with some salt and pepper on it and a glass of juice. Right. I'll say, you want anything else? And he'll say no. And then I look at him, and I realize that I can't say to him, when you get married or when you're dating, look for this kind of person. I can't right. say that to him. Right. I have to be able to say to him, you need to find someone who's going to deal with you. Right. So you need to know yourself. Uh-huh. And that person that, that understands and accepts you for who you are, that's the best person to be with. Instead mm-hmm. of getting a list of who you want, that's not who you want. Right. That, those people are not going to make you that sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find the right person who's, you know, just loves you unconditionally. Right. And, <laughs> you know, know that one day you may be very specific and the next day you'll say, I don't care what you cook. Right. (laughs) You know, know. (laughs) you need that person who is going to stop eating that bag of Lay's potato chips halfway down because they want you to have the other half, right? That's right. right. They have that one left and they say, you want this? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that is just enough to make me angry. One chip. That's that's torture right there. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, it's very interesting, but yeah, you have to you you got to know yourself because you can want whoever it is that is with someone else that you're saying, oh, I wish I had that kind of person in my life, whatever. Right. You may not be like that person who you're comparing yourself to, so that's not going to work for you. Right. So you just um, yeah, it's just it's very interesting. Um, people are not as selective in relationships, um, and I'm not sure why these days. Maybe it's it's difficult. I've uh, mm-hmm. been married too long to really uh, follow that. Right. Uh, but I know there's a lot of, you know, online dating and uh, some very successful online dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that you can really get to know a person if you're, if you don't ever meet them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because people can be who they want to be. So. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, someone, I don't, I don't, was, someone yeah. was saying the other day in this generation of, uh, it seems like most kids that are, and I don't even know what their tag is, like, you know, X generation or, or whatever. Um, but I think there's so many teenagers and, and kids in their early 20s that are like, well, my parents are divorced or and maybe twice to three times over whatever. And they are as okay. jaded as their parents. And they're just like, what's the point? You know, and so someone was saying the other day that really, um, you know, the dating sites have taken a hit. And they should just, instead of it being a dating site, it should be a friend site where you're just trying to find people that relate to you and you can go have fun with because no one's interested in long haul anymore. Right. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Sad because I had had a uh, dating site in mind that I wanted to create that has a completely different formula. It's not a a psych in the moment kind of uh, questionnaire. (laughs) It was something much deeper to try to find your default. Uh, so that other people, you know, like you could find those people that were really compatible. And um, and anyway, but the, uh, my friend was like, yeah, that's great. If you can do it all on your own and don't really sink much money into it. But no one's interested in dating anymore. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> hmm. There's, um, you know, the other, what they call them, I guess, uh, reality TV shows where mm-hmm. people are trying to get married and stuff. So I think right. people are still looking for love, just maybe being unsuccessful on the dating sites because there are no guarantees. Right. Uh, So, 
going to get what you get on there, but I know it's the right kind of data site. Maybe you can use a psychological assessment being done and a background check. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> started. So I don't know. I think that they're still good. I don't th- think people should be finding, you know, their lifelong person on there without meeting them. Uh, right. Just, you know, I think it's important to meet a person, meet them online, and then meet meet them in person and get to know them. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Marriage is marriage itself seems to be a lost art these days. So yeah. Well, it's that uh, love, cherish, and honor that people just, I don't know, they're so, you know, like, oh, you know, she's hot, he's hot, uh, you know, they they come with all this stuff, uh, you know, and it's just, they're looking at all the wrong things, because eventually, all the stuff is going to rot and fall apart, and eventually, you know, we all age, no matter how well we try to look after ourselves, Um you know, we're all aging. And if someone doesn't love our heart and our spirit, which hopefully won't change, um, then entering into uh, marriage is really just not smart. Yeah. It's, it's, it becomes that bondage or you're chained with somebody, you know, it's the old ball and chain uh, scenario versus you being overjoyed and happy that you get to come home to the same person every day and that uh, you look forward to vacations with versus, Hey, I'm going with the guys uh, away for a month or whatever, you know? So. Yeah. I never did understand that. That was new to me. Taking a vacation away from your family or your loved ones. Yeah. Weird. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm put out there. Hopefully I don't be judged, but if I, if I am, it's just weird. <laughs> that's like a bad sign. Anyone yeah. tells me that, I was like, that's a really bad sign. Right. So I just want to be alone, but, Go on a vacation together, and today you go do this, and they go do something else, but you're on vacation together. Right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> if you can't relax with the person you're with, that's probably not the person you need to be with. So, exactly. And people take separate vacations all the time. They really do. Yeah. Um, and some people feel as though their marriage lasts longer because of it. But right. I know one, one prime example are military people who um, – the military person has gone a lot during the 20 years of marriage or 20 years of active, active duty service. Mm-hmm. Then they retire and sometimes they retire and obviously they're home. Right. You know, a lot. Um, well, even if they're working their home much more than they were when they were on active duty and those relationships have, have often ended in divorce. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got to know him, I didn't like him that much. Right. And like, what? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> so, I think they, too yeah. with, with people evolving, if you're not together, you know, like spending that quality time together so that you mm-hmm. can evolve together, like you stay on that same road. Otherwise, yeah, you get to that split in the road and then you're evolving in different directions. And then when you do have the opportunity to come back, like you were saying, retirement or whatever, then um, it's I, you don't even know the, the person you're sitting across from or sleeping with, and you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, all right. So, uh, self-care, um, getting to know yourself better, uh, self-reflection, mm-hmm. thinking about what it is that you want out of life, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, grabbing onto a hobby, whether you look to the past or your present or your future or something someone else is interested in, find something that keeps you going, keep you feeling, keeps you feeling um, healthy and whole emotionally, um, making that spiritual connection, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and letting others do things for you, um, knowing they care about you, and ex- accepting that—that's that's a way of self, a form of self care as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, moving back from being a, a workaholic um, and just being able to take care of yourself. Or some of the things we identify with, um, you know, just um, 
really getting to know who you are and how important you are to yourself um, will help you get through a lot of things. Um, just a, some, a little bit, little bit of some of the things we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. And redefine your definition of strength and mm-hmm. success. Because yes. otherwise, as long as, I forget how this uh, one friend of mine uh, worded it, but as long as you are looking at where you're not, you'll never appreciate where you are. Yes, that's true. Very true. I think about some of the uh, the children that are in those uh, documentaries, uh, like the impoverished countries, right? And these yes. kids have tattered clothes. They're out playing in the street with stones, mm-hmm. and they are laughing and carefree. And mm-hmm. you think about how many kids that are the same age, especially in the United States, that are they grow up being self entitled, and they're still pissed off at seven that they don't have the latest iPhone, you know? And, and it just—it's a totally different mindset. And I admire the 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 simplistic joy that um, that we could all have, you know? Um, yep. And if you'll just appreciate where you are and what you have, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and just, I don't know, enjoy life. I know that sounds so simplified and so cliched, but it is possible. Yeah, it's very possible. And it is simple, but it, it's talking about living a simple life. It does not mean giving up things that you have, but mm-hmm. it, it means being okay with what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let that be your simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anything else would be, you know, gravy. Yeah. You know, wow, that's you know that's that's awesome because we keep striving um, to get things that we don't really need, mm-hmm. and we work really hard to get those things and to keep those things that mm-hmm. we don't really need. Well, I think a lot of those are just excuses for our unhappiness now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm depressed, I'm I'm brooding, I'm whatever, I'm angry about these different things. But once I get that, once I get that promotion, once I, yep. um, you know, make that movie and get an Oscar, once I find a, a wife, once I move on, then I'll I'll be everything will be fine. Once I move out of this area, and yeah, it's those you're going to get to the next step and go, damn, this is no better than where I was, you know? <laughs> this sucks too. Whose idea does... was this anyway? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Either that or I guess in ways to, um, when you're always looking at what you can't quite, you know, get a hold of, then you're kind of mm-hmm. like our dog Spike who will chase his tail endlessly and get nowhere, you know, other than we're amused by it. But, I don't know that he really knows that we're laughing at him. So, so I guess maybe next time we can maybe talk a little bit more about how to have a positive mind. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> and um, and that was my phone for a change, wasn't it? <laughs> did you hear it going off? <laughs> I did. Well, good, good. I did in stereo. I was like, oh my goodness, come on, man. <laughs> But uh, anyway, but yeah, just how to how to have a more positive outlook, uh, because I think in this world, especially uh, of media, you know, we turn on the TV, which we have Netflix and Hulu and, you know, we don't mess with the networks, but there are all these commercials and then there's ads and magazines. Everything is telling you what you need to find happiness. You know, if you're not in the latest and greatest, if you're not wearing the latest and greatest. Um, so there's a bombardment of, and that also covers the whole body image thing where it's like, ah, well, you don't look like Dwayne Johnson. You suck. And no, man, I mean, like not everybody even likes someone who is Hulk statured like him. And I'm glad he seems happy, but 
mm-hmm. the other hand, um, you know, that's not for everybody. It's like my neighbor who has the greenest grass in the neighborhood. You talk about the greenest, the grass is greener on the other side. Literally mm-hmm. it is. But on the other hand, he spends, that's his hobby. That's his passion. And it yeah. shows through. My passion is not necessarily my yard. It's green and uh, that's great, but it's, it's not all grass. You know what I mean? But it's, <laughs> it's green. And, and when I glance at it, as I come and go from the house, I'm like, yeah, that'll do. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, just, you know, being true to yourself and uh, finding joy in the moment. So maybe that can be the, you know, something we, we talk about next time. Okay. And I good. still want to, um, whenever you can get your uh, holistic friend on, that would be great. I know we've discussed that. Okay, great. Yeah. She's then, ready. I'm just waiting for a date. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, a okay. couple weeks probably. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that sounds great. So just letting uh, the listeners have a little taste, a little preview of, of what is to come on here. And then mm-hmm. um, I will get uh, Robbie Sakati, who did the book on, it's called Papa's Pies. I just ordered my copy. It's supposed to get here tomorrow. And okay. um, I'll read that and it's, uh, you know, and then we'll have her on the show. So I'm excited with, with, you know, what all we have going on. And I'm sure, you know, if anyone has any suggestions, please tweet at us, um, both uh, corporately at the 18 degrees below um, horizon. I can't remember the whole thing on Twitter. But anyway, find us there or individually at John Fouts or I cannot remember your um I'm so spoiled with computers because all I have to do is just at Nick and then it fills, it fills in was Felton Nicole. Is that uh, right? It should be NLHCW. Yeah. There you Felton. go. Yep. Like your email. Felton, you still be able to find it. So yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but get up with us and tell us what you would like to hear more about and we will, we will see how to fit it in, how to make it happen. Yep. Sounds good. Well, this was a fun episode, just kind of hanging out and uh, talking about all sorts of things. It almost felt kind of like waxing cinematic without the movies and profanity. So it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) And without uh, so much geekery, too, because I I usually have a ton of geek stuff. As Merlange in particular has pointed out, even in 18 Degrees Below Horizon, I will find out how to work a superhero into a story. So... It's it's just who I am, and I embrace that. So, as long as you know who you are, that's right. <laughs> well, I hope you have a uh, great weekend as we are nearing it. I look very forward to that, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you next week. All right, sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts. While Dr. Nicola is a psychotherapist and certified life coach. A podcast is a one-way street, so please consider this podcast for inspirational purposes only. If you feel you have mental health needs, please seek a professional therapist so that you might find your own mental wellness. Happiness is possible. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.